This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we'll be reading through all four books in the Inheritance Cycle series, chapter-by-chapter, page-by-page. We'll also offer our own insights, theories, and first impressions of the wonderful world of Allegasia. May good fortune rule over you, may the stars watch over you, and may peace live in your heart. Hello and welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast where we talk about the Inheritance Cycle or Aragon books. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm your other host, Shelby or she. Yeah, and so before we get started, I want to remind you to please like and review us on Apple or Spotify. If you leave us some, if you leave us five star with some kind words, we will read them out on a future episode of the show and... On Apple, you can leave us a full review with five stars. On Spotify, you actually have to go and comment on each episode. And so you can do that there. Otherwise, you can join us on Discord and hang out with us there where we'll have a lot of fun. And so let's get into it. So today we are talking about the glory of Tronjean. And so this chapter, Auric comes in and wakes up Aragon and Murtag, and they have some questions about can we have our weapons back and all of this. And they basically said, Auric basically says, you need to wait till you get to the leader of the Varden, uh, Ajahad. Right. So he's given back his horse and rides through the great tunnel of the underground city. He's eventually told, tries to ride Sephira, but is told that he is not to until he is told otherwise. So at the end of the tunnel is a giant chamber 12 miles high. It is here where Aragon is allowed to mount Sephira, where and Sephira remarks that it's a place where they can show them off. And that is the goal here, is to show them off. And so they enter and they find this marble city, this massive city called Tronjim. Uh, and there's a bunch of people waiting to see him who are che- cheering excitedly. They're greeted by many people and they're looking upon magnificent archways and carvings as they make their way through the city and just admiring this dwarven workmanship before they're brought before a large wooden door. And that's the end of the chapter. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think this uh this episode or this chapter wasn't quite as dramatic as the last chapter wasn't quite as revolutionary in terms of the lore but there was still a lot of really interesting things that happened and it definitely built on the last chapter um the first thing that i just absolutely loved is that safira is dreaming at the beginning of the chapter and she's acting like that basically like mm-hmm. our dog in the background and i just loved that never go wrong with make no matter what the animal is making it act like a dog the disney formula true um yeah i i just it was just cute 
But anyway, so basically they're summoned to the leader of the Varden, who we learn is named Ajihad, which I feel like the name is interesting. I feel like that's something we should talk about in the next chapter after we meet this person. Um, I don't want to have preliminary thoughts on it because my mind and opinion might be changed after we meet them. So we'll put a pin in that until next week. Um, But also interesting that they mention Arya or Aragon asks about Arya and she they don't know anything about her. They don't know if she's okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we also learn that Ajihad has been the leader of the Varden for about 20 years. He or they are virtually unknown in the Empire. Aragon has a lot of questions about the Varden, the dwarves, the construction of the tunnels, the volcanic crater, like all of the things. If it exists, Aragon has a question about it. Hmm. It's true. This is a theme. Yeah, I feel like that's been going on every week since we started this podcast is me being like, so Aragon had a lot of questions. I don't know if it was wise to ask them all, but he sure did. (laughs) But it's funny to me. It's funny to me that they're just like chilling in this volcanic crater. It's hard for me to imagine because I'm just like, wow, that's really unsafe the whole time. I want to know, like, is it actually volcanic or is this just like a way for Polini to say, hey, this this rock is black? Right. I don't know. But I did bring a quote that I wanted to read for like, it's the very, very moment when Aragon is right about to go in um, into the city. And this is what Auric says to Aragon. Look well, human, for no rider has set eyes upon this for nigh over a hundred years. The airy peak under which we stand is Farthender, discovered thousands of years ago by the father of our race, Corgan, while he tunneled for gold. And in the center stands our greatest achievement, Trondheim, the city mountain built from the purest marble. The doors grated to a halt. A city. Then Aragon saw the crowd. End quote. And it is a huge crowd, like ginormous crowd. Um, way, 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 way more people than I thought could fit in there when we were first introduced to this area. Right. Um, to me, like I... When I read this every time when I read this or I listen to it in the audiobook, I imagine like Aragon coming out of the tunnel and basically seeing an underground like Minas Tirith. Yes, exactly. It felt very much like a Lord of the Rings scene. This chapter felt like it could have been taken out of Lord of the Rings. Um, it was also funny to me that, like, here's this huge crowd. They're probably terrified. They're probably scared. They're probably in awe. They're probably feeling multiple emotions similar to probably what Aragon is feeling. And Aragon's first reaction is to wave like a dumbass. Well, wait, it's not waving like a like universal sign of, like, hey, I'm friendly. 
I mean, yes, it is, but like he doesn't know if they're friendly to him, to be fair. Mm-hmm. And also he like tries to smile and grimaces. So can you just imagine this grimacing teenager waving at you? That is not a sight I want to be compelled with. He might as well have just done the finger guns. Yeah, accurate. Um, but I do think it's interesting and significant that Aragon is, you know, the first writer there in over a hundred years or whatever. And that's a pretty big deal. There's probably a lot of fear and like awe at the same time. And they probably don't know how to separate those feelings. Right. Definitely a hundred percent. Um but it's just for me, it's like it's the first time that Aragon has like seen a big, like a mass of people that like are cheering for him. And I think the real like awkwardness is that they're cheering for him. That's what he's awkward about. Yeah, that's probably fair. I also thought it was an interesting detail that Paolini includes is that the dwarves vastly outnumber the humans. Um, I think that's right. Hold on. Let me double check. It's right. Yeah. Dwarves greatly outnumbered the humans, which I think makes complete and total sense. But the detail that I find interesting is that it says, and many of them glared at him resentfully. I don't know enough about the context of the lore and the universe to understand that line, but I feel like there's some deeper meaning there. Yeah. We'll keep reading. It'll there's be prob- revealed. There's probably a history textbook written in universe on that very subject. Probably. Um, Galvatorix probably burns it. But yeah, probably. Well, Galvatorix is not on my nice list, as you are aware. Right. Uh, I definitely think that. And I think that. So Paulini does kind of like turn the trope on its head like these dwarfs are still in this like we're no longer at the peak of our society we're in hiding we're not like we're in decline or whatever but it's not like there's a lot of them they're still a robust and numerous society and culture yeah and it doesn't like they're still in their homeland too and it doesn't really seem like I don't know how how to phrase it, but it doesn't really seem like they're struggling. It seems like they're fighting against the empire that they've intentionally chosen to partner like with Ajihad and the the Varden. I don't know if that's true, but that's kind of the impression that it gives off to me. Okay, well, the last thing I kind of have to add on this is my impression of Trondheim as a city, like it feels very luxurious, like glittering with all this marble and the jewels And at the same time, a place that's brutal, that is like tough, hard place. Um, So I feel like it's kind of a place that's holding those two opposite ideas in in one hand. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, it's inside of a mountain. Right. So. It's like it's always unclear to me. And I'll have to go back and really look at the descriptions in the next chapter and everything. But it's interesting to me, like, because I always picture it as like half in the mountain and half out the mountain. Like that it's not it's not truly an underground city. Like it's not like it's 
Orzammar or Khazad-dûm or any of these other dwarven cities that we see in other medias. It's like some mix between. Mm -hmm. True. Very true. <laughs> All right. Well, then we can go into your predictions if you're ready. Yeah. So, okay. At the very beginning of the chapter, Aragon is talking about at the, at the very beginning, like they're still in that room. Aragon basically is thinking of something between him and Murtag. And he basically says something or thinks something like, there's a bond between us. Like we're bound together. I think that bond is deeper than we know. And I think that there's some other connection between them, not just that they've gone through all this together. I think there's something else there. Like maybe their parents knew each other or I don't know. I don't know what, but I think there's something deeper. And then all my right. second, my second one is kind of basic, but I think that in the next couple of chapters, we're going to see Aragon instead of continuing to fight against Murtag, I think we're going to start to see him fight for Murtag. Hmm. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, yeah, I your predictions are like spot on. Uh, I was trying to think if I had any other. This last episode, I gave you some questions to respond to. So I was trying to think of if I had any. I don't think I have any for this episode. Because or I guess in, in, in retrospect, like what did you think of like the dwarf lore? Because I know you are prone to love all things dwarf in all medias. Um, I feel like I don't have enough information to really say yet. Um, but you're right. I am prone to be a dwarf simp. Um, actually, what I'm a, a really a lover of is dwarves and elves who hate each other and then become best friends. That, that right there. Mm -hmm, that's my thing. Um, I guess I was confused between Auric and Egraz. Which one of them is the dwarf? Auric. Okay. Then yeah, I like the dwarves because if if Egraz was going to be the dwarf, I was like, I am predisposed to dislike you. So we're good. All right. Well, if that's all you got, thank you all for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Inheritance Page or email us at inheritancepage at gmail.com. Make sure you join us on Discord in the Cups podcasting and more. All links are in the episode description. May good fortune rule over you. May the stars watch over you and may peace live in your heart.